Lots of channels, nothing to watch, especially if you're searching for the truth. It's time to interrupt your regularly scheduled programs with something actually worth watching. Salem News Channel, straightforward, unfiltered, with in-depth insight and analysis from the greatest collection of conservative minds like Hugh Hewitt, Mike Gallagher, Sebastian Gorka, and more. Find truth. Watch 24-7 on SNC.TV and on Local Now, Channel 525. Everybody, it's another Al Gatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer. Hope you had a great week. Uh, American Craft Beer Week uh, this week. Actually, uh, today marks the end of American Craft Beer Week. And uh, you know, we would have done something on American Craft Beer Week, but again, because the show airs on a Sunday, it's kind of one of those. By the time I do it, it's over. You know, so well, maybe I should have done it last week. But we had so much news with the shot and a beer campaign. Um, you know, it just took precedence. But anyway, we got a great show for you tonight. We're going to have news and notes to get to, but first, how can you follow me? Very easily on Twitter, at Al Gattulo. Instagram at Gattulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O. Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast via email at Albert G at NYC Radio.com. We're on iTunes as well. You just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can find the show on that platform. Alexa Ready 2, we're on the Odyssey.com app as well as uh, the hopped up network head over to the hopped up network.com you can listen to the podcast version of this program uh just a few minutes after the show ends uh you can download it and listen to it at your leisure and of course portions of the program brought to you by source brewing down in colts neck new jersey get your beer directly from the source route 34 colts neck new jersey right next to the beautiful delicious orchards now coming up in 20 minutes sean mcnulty from selling craft beer is going to join me we've had sean on the program plenty of times before we're talking about the business of beer you know these uh, all these restrictions are being lifted things are opening up uh and it is important to see what the initial impact has had uh on uh, you know a lot of different cities uh opening up so we will talk to sean in 20 minutes uh, we have a number of things to dive into. In the next segment, I am going to dive into the fact that we lost uh, two pioneers, if you will, in brewing. Um, the, both of them happened about a week, uh, over a week ago. And because we had so much other stuff going on, I didn't get a chance to really um, to mention it. I just didn't want to just mention it and move on. Um, I wanted to devote a little bit of time to it because I think it's important um, to mention both of these breweries. Um, whether or not you're fans of them or not uh, is irrelevant. They are people that have been in the craft brewery business for quite some time. And it's, I think it's definitely something that uh, we should touch on. But we'll get into that in our next segment. First up, though, Ship Bottom Brewery has entered into an agreement to distribute a Sterling Pig Brewery, which is based out of Media, Pennsylvania, in New Jersey. Sales reps from them will begin presenting the brand immediately. Ship Bottom is going to distribute the following beers from them. Uh, a short Pilsner. A multi-award winning, true American hybrid, noble-style hops from the Pacific Northwest. 
Balancing a subtle and clean malt character in this Pilsner-style gold, it's a 5% ABV. It'll be in the six packs of uh, 12-ounce cans. Snuffler is their flagship IPA. Easy drinking and smooth. The brew contains uh, notes of grapefruit, tropical fruit, perfect for any season, 6.5% ABV, uh, 12-ounce cans in six packs. Orange Sweet Wheat. This is a Sterling Pig Brewery staple, according to them. Refreshing Belgian-style wheat ale. Uh, a seasonal 5.4% ABV, six packs of 12-ounce cans. And then finally, uh, little piggy. this Little Piggy IPA, uh, their very special single hop IPA series was first brewed in 2016. Uh, it is uh, small batches. Uh, it has to be, they say, Little Piggy must be enjoyed fresh. Uh, rotational availability anywhere between 65 and 7.5% ABV. And this is a four-pack of 16-ounce cans. So, uh Kudos to the folks from Ship Bottom, and uh, you know if um, Sterling Pig makes its way up to North Jersey, I will definitely have to check them out. Staying in South Jersey, though, uh, Tonewood um, can look forward to a summer beer collaboration between Tonewood Brewery and Maury's Piers and Beachfront Water Parks. Uh, apparently, Parkway to Paradise, its dry hopped pilsner, will be available exclusively at Maury's Piers. On Wildwood's Boardwalk, beginning um, it began Mother's Day weekend, and it will last through Labor Day. Uh, it is low in alcohol, this beer, high in flavor, according to them. It's a traditional Pilsner style, um, aligns with the theme park's historical family ties to Germany, uses premium German malts, noble hops. Uh, it is a crisp, refreshing seasonal offering for the seaside resort, pairs well with many of Maury's food offerings, including fried food, seafood, vegetables, and, of course, the famous Curly's. Fries. It'll be available on draft exclusively at Maury's Piers Dining Locations at the Surfside and Mariner uh, Amusement Piers. It'll also be poured at Tonewood Brewing's Oakland, New Jersey Tasting Room. Additionally, a limited quantity of 16-ounce cans will be available for purchase at the same location. So very cool there. So you got a Pilsner um, that is called Parkway to Paradise. Dry Hop Pilsner. It'll be available again. It's available now through Labor Day. So you're heading down to Wildwood for Memorial Day weekend. You get to try yourself. A craft beer uh, that is a part of Maury's Piers. Very cool there. Continuing on with our news and notes, Lawson's Finest Liquids, kicking off the month of May, and release of two specialty pilsners, uh, Scrag Mountain Pills, and its salt and lime-infused counterpart, Scrag Mountain Pills, salt and lime, are now available at retailers throughout Vermont, Connecticut, Massachusetts, Maine, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, and Rhode Island. Uh, the uh, Scrag Mountain Pills... Uh, is a 4.8% ABV. It's available through the end of August in both four packs of 16-ounce cans and 12 packs of 12-ounce cans. Scrag Mountain Pills Salt and Lime, affectionately nicknamed Scragarita, available in four packs only until the end of June. Uh, the Salt and Lime version infuses the bright, refreshing qualities of a Czech Pilsner with sea salt, fresh lime peel, and lime juice. To produce a well-balanced, according to the press release, dance of crisp and tart in every sip. Uh, so this is, I guess, their kind of version of like Stone's uh, uh, Vesa, you know, a whole bunch of these Mexican-themed beers. Because, let's face it, one of the more popular brands that people like to drink when they're on the beach is a Corona uh, with lime. So there you go. So uh, sip of sunshine, little sip with the collection of beers from Lawson's Finest Super Session Single Hop IPA Series, available year-round, of course, throughout the nine-state distribution distribution area. If you haven't had Lawson's Finest Liquids, I highly encourage you uh, to do so because they are excellent, excellent beers. Uh, and then finally, our good friends from Flying Dog 
They uh, have uh, come back with their one and only Old Bay beer in existence. It's a beer that's made with Old Bay seasoning. Dead Rise Old Bay Goza uh, is back for the 2021 season. Uh, This limited release hits store shelves uh, starting mid-month this month in new 12-ounce can packaging. Uh, Dead Rise Goza's formula blends the Chesapeake's most iconic seasoning, Old Bay, with a refreshing lemony tartness for a beer low in bitterness, high in flavor. Uh, apparently they've, uh, added lemon and salt to the recipe and called for 50% more Old Bay than Dead Rise's previous formula, which was a blonde ale, and it's brewed with citra hops. Uh, they began this six years ago. Um, they had, uh, you know, done some different things with it, so they kind of tweaked the formula this year, uh, and added more Old Bay to the seasoning. So Dead Rise is going to be available in six packs of 12-ounce cans starting mid-May. In addition to the mid-Atlantic states that carry flying dog products, Dead Rise's 2021 distribution has been expanded to include uh, what looks here in Maine, New Hampshire, and Vermont. So if you're up in the uh, very tip of the um, United States, I wanted to say like the northeast-east region, I guess if you could call it that, you can uh, you can get Dead Rise uh, at a liquor store uh, or supermarket if that's where they sell them in those states near you. So that's pretty cool. Um, you know, before we uh, finish up this segment, we head to a break. Um, I know that we got some feedback on the um, the whole shot in a beer thing uh, that New Jersey has introduced uh, to encourage people. I know Washington, D.C. was doing something similar in terms of giving a free beer. Let's face it, Budweiser was doing it as well, saying if you tweeted a picture of your, uh, your card, you'd get a $6 credit. Sam Adams was one of the first to offer a beer uh, for your shot. Um, Again, as I mentioned this last week, and I'll reiterate this uh, again, it's important. The bottom line here is to get shots in people's arms. New Jersey wants to get to 70% by a certain date uh, by the end of June. Uh, They're about a million short right now. Who knows if they're going to get to that? So if this encourages people that are on the fence that have decided, well, I'm not really sure if I want to get it. Oh, wait a minute. I can get a free beer? All right, I'm going to go get the shot. Now, I know that there are critics that have said, why do we need to entice people to get the shot? If they don't want to get it, then they, don't, they shouldn't have to get it, which is true. It's a freedom of choice issue. If you choose that you don't get it, don't get it. But at the end of the day, we're not, at this point, we're not going to eradicate this disease. We're not going to eradicate COVID. It's never going to go away because we can't get to that point now. There's not enough people who are wanting to get the shots. But we can mitigate a lot of the damage. The more people get their shots the better. Bottom line. So if the beer is an incentive for you to get a shot, then go get it. If it's a gift card, if it's whatever, you know what? Go get it. That's all. I'm just saying. I'd rather you get the shot than don't get the shot. If you, if your personal views tell you, uh, I can't get it for whatever reason, whether it's politically or religiously, I can understand it. I may not agree with it, but I can certainly understand it. And then understand that there may be more restrictions for you moving forward you know, until people, you know, give the green light and say, all right, it's all over with. When we come back after a short break, of course, more news and notes from around the beer world and two deaths in the craft beer community over the last several weeks that I will touch on as well. This is the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer.
Welcome back to the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Stay Hungry, from the, the title track from the uh, uh, Twisted Sister debut album back in 1984 uh, that put this band on the map in a very, very big way. I remember where I was when I was listening to this album for the first time. Desiree Garcia's Backyard, off of Reed Avenue. Summertime. Actually, it wasn't summertime because it was May 10th when we heard that. Well, you know what? Probably was the summertime. Uh, probably wasn't on May 10th, but, you know, somewhere in the summer. I remember it was we had t shirt and shorts on. I remember we were in the pool and uh, heard this album for the first time. It was like, wow, these guys are nuts. Look at the makeup and the costume and, you know, and the whole thing. So, uh, hooked right from there. And uh, it was earlier this week. May 10th, 1984, that uh, the Stay Hungry album came out. Got a chance to see them a number of years ago at Starland Ballroom when they did this album in its entirety uh, for the anniversary. It was fantastic. It was awesome. It was a great night. Uh, although, uh, what is it, Steve Costello, I think, was a chartered member of the 930 Club that night. He couldn't hang. He had to go home. That's a shame. Anyway... <laughs> <laughs> I digress. Uh, we are uh, we're all over the place on social media. Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast. Instagram at Gatulo. That's G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O. Twitter at Al Gatulo. Uh, check us out. Alexa Ready. We're on iTunes. We're also on the Hopped Up Network. You just head over to the HoppedUpNetwork.com and you can listen to the program uh, whenever you like. It's uh, pretty cool. And coming up in 10 minutes, Sean McNulty from Selling Craft Beer will join me. His show is also on is also on the Hopped Up Network. Uh, it's a it's a show called the Sixer. It's usually six minutes. Sometimes it's a lot longer, uh, but uh, not too much longer. At least not an hour long like my show. But Sean does a great job curating all the uh, business of beer, and that's what we're going to talk about with Sean uh, coming up in ten minutes from now. Now I wanted to touch on this because this both of these passings of beer. I guess you could. I don't want to say beer beer icons is too big a name, but you know what? Historical people in the brewing business to begin with. Let's put it that way. Um, and both of these guys passed within a couple of days of one another, and it's a shame. And I, I you know, didn't get a chance to mention it on the show last week, and I wanted to give it, um, I wanted to give it its due uh, this week. So Tommy Keegan, the founder and owner of Keegan's Ales, died. Uh, Back in late April, it was April 30th, I believe he passed away, of an apparent heart attack. Um, Keegan, who was 50, opened the St. James Street Craft Brewery in Kingston about 15 years ago. Um, In the Facebook post, the brewery said late Friday afternoon, Tommy was out doing what he loved most in the world, riding his cappuccino machine on the trails with his best motorcycle buddy. He was riding his motorcycle. When he suffered what appears to be a heart attack, in his own words, the post continued, have fun, fun in capital letters, Play nice. Um, in a statement on the city of Kingston's Facebook page, Mayor Steve Noble said he was saddened by Keegan's death, calling him one of the finest Kingston residents and a friend. He said that he had a big heart, was a huge booster for this community, will be greatly missed by all who knew him. Thoughts and prayers with his family at this difficult time. Now, Keegan had opened a brewery back in 2004. He was a native of Long Island, uh, working at a, uh, as a brewmaster at a Long Island beer company. He heard about the brewery on St. James Street. It had stood vacant since the Woodstock Brewery, formerly housed there, went out of business in 2001. He moved to Kingston a few years later, bought the, bought the building, uh, started making uh, Keegan's Ales. 
Um, he grew, you know, Keegan's from a very small operation offering just three craft ales to a vast array of brews that can be found on tap lines and in beer cases all across the Hudson Valley. Uh, by 2005, Keegan had added a bottling line, and in 2007, he added the pub. Uh, was a great proponent of giving back to the community. Uh, you know, it just just a really good guy from all accounts. And um, his sta- his stouts were excellent. I mean, really good stuff. Um, hadn't had much of his stuff in recent years. Uh, never got a chance to interview him. But uh, from all accounts, from what I've heard from a number of different people, Tommy Keegan was a good guy who gave back to his community. And a shame uh, that he passes away at the very young age of 50. And then a few days later, we find out that Steve Crandall, the co-founder of Devil's Backbone Brewing, a pioneer of craft beer in Virginia, passed away Sunday, May 2nd. He was 64. No news on why he died or how he died. Um, The Crandalls had founded Devil's Backbone in 2008. Uh, After years of success, uh, Anheuser-Busch had acquired the brewery in 2016. Um, Steve Crandall also owned a building company, Tectonics Custom Homes. Um... Just, just a shame. Got a chance to talk with some of the people from Devil's Backbone when uh, AB InBev bought them uh, a number of years ago. It was at a beer tasting dinner uh, that the brewery was a part of. Their beers were matched up with Chef Eric Levine's uh, food over at uh, when it was now when it was then the Morris Tap and Grill. Um, just, just very sad. Don't know why he passed. Uh, they, they said he was, you know, they mentioned on the Facebook, uh, their Facebook page, he was an incredible friend, leader, philanthropist, outdoorsman, craft beer pioneer, uh, loving husband, father, uh, grandfather, scoutmaster, and, and of course the founder of Devil's Backbone Brewing. Uh, it, it's just, that's sad to have two guys, um, very integral to the craft beer business passing within a few days of one another. That is just, uh, just very sad. And our, uh, again, our thoughts and prayers go out to both. Uh, Tommy Keegan and uh, Steve Crandall on their passing. We move on to uh, some other news and notes before we have to take a break. Uh, to go alcohol has been extended in New York State for another month. The State Liquor Authority says the privilege will now last through June 5th. The date could change either way. They could end it sooner or they could extend it. Uh, it had been previously extended through May 6th. Some lawmakers have been calling for the law to be extended for two years, saying it will help restaurants recover from pandemic losses. I am shocked that it hasn't been passed to be extended. Um, This is definitely something that will help the restaurant business. The restaurant business has been the hardest. The bars, the restaurants, the breweries have been the hardest hit during the pandemic. Breweries were able to shift to-go sales, but a lot of them couldn't. Restaurants, same thing. This is a problem. I think we really need to give these restaurants and breweries and bars all of our support. To-go alcohol could help that. And by extending it, uh, for a bit, I think it will definitely help them uh, in the long run. Now, apparently, there is a royal beer coming out in England. It is out already, and has just hit the market in the UK. Uh, Buckingham Palace confirmed Queen Elizabeth approved a range of beer brewed using plants grown in the Sandraheim estate for sale. Um, we were thinking ahead to Father's Day. What better way to celebrate than one of our new Sandraheim beers? Uh, Sandra Ham Estate has developed an IPA and a bitter from organic Lorette barley grown on the wider estate and is available to buy now from the Sandra, uh, Sandra Ham shop. Two different beers launched, according to the various news reports. The first, a cold filtered traditional English bitter, costs $3.99 a pound, which is about $5.50 in American. 
uh, per bottle, according to the t- according to the Times, has a 4.3% ABV. The second is a 5% ABV. A golden IPA is produced from three different types of hops to create a subtle yet strong flavor. So that's cool. So if you're in England, you can get some uh, English ale that is grown directly uh, from Buckingham Palace, which is pretty cool. Uh, and then, uh, let's see, we got something from Odell Brewing here. Uh, they have announced the grand opening of the OBC Wine Project's Tap Room, which is located adjacent to the Fort Collins Brewery. Uh, launched in June of 2020 with a line of four canned wines distributed across Colorado. Uh, they are now open for business. The Tap Room will have eight taps and a number of limited bottle releases, which will only be available at the winery. Half of these taps will be dedicated to small batch and experimental wines from, made from grapes sourced across Oregon, Washington, and Colorado. Uh, so that's very cool. Uh, they sent some pictures as well. It's a beautiful-looking place. Um, you'll be seated indoors and outdoors on a first-come basis. The OBC Wine Project Tap Room will be open Monday and Tuesday from 1 to 6 p.m., Wednesday and Thursday from 1 to 8 p.m., Friday through Sunday from 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. For a complete tap list and more information, go to the OBC Wine Project. Dot com. Very cool. And then finally, our good friends Mike Kivowitz uh, and uh, New Jersey Craft Beer. If you're not a member, you should be if you're buying beer in New Jersey. Uh, I have not actually used my card since the pandemic started, but you get discounts uh, and a number of different uh, breweries, restaurants, liquor stores, bars all across the state of New Jersey and some in, uh, just over the border in upstate New York. And I think there's one or two in Pennsylvania as well. But what they're doing here is get a shot, get a beer discount. Support your local small business. Let's end COVID together. If you use the coupon code SHOT and BEER on the NJCB store and you buy yourself a new subscription, it has to be a new subscription, can't be used as a gift. You have to buy it for yourself. You haven't, you're deciding you, you, you were on the fence about buying one and now you want to buy one. Now's the time. Use the code SHOT and BEER. Go to NewJerseyCraftBeer.com slash store. Um, use that code SHOT and BEER. You get yourself a discount. Uh, I think he's. Uh, I think he's taking fifteen bucks off the, the the membership or ten dollars off, whatever it is. Go over there. Must be a new subscription. Can't be used as a gift. It expires on May thirty first. Get a shot. Get a be. Get yourself a beer. Get yourself a discount with New Jersey Craft Beer. Hey, that rhymed. That's pretty good. Go check it out. Mike's a good guy. Get a lot of great discounts all over the state of New Jersey. Now, when we come back after a short break, Sean McNulty from Selling Craft Beer will join me. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. We're not going to take it, Twisted Sisters. Stay hungry. I almost, I almost stuttered there, and I have no idea why, but 37 years ago this week, that album was released, and as I mentioned earlier in the show, I told you where I was when that happened. I was 14, sitting in a backyard. Uh, it was summertime, because uh, I know it wasn't on the date that it was released. It was a couple of months later. We were sitting in the backyard. I think we had just graduated, or, or we were heading into our eighth grade of... of uh, uh, of middle school or something like that. I remember seeing uh, or listening uh, to this album and remembering the cover of Twisted Sisters, Stay Hungry. By the way, 
band started in New Jersey, for those of you who don't know, as we're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast. Everybody thinks they started on Long Island. They didn't. They actually started in Jersey uh, and then, you know, was was very popular in clubs on Long Island, of course, Lemoore's, as well as in clubs uh, in South Jersey. And A.J. Pirro, the drummer, uh, the late drummer of Twisted Sister, actually worked at the hardware store down the street from me. He's a Staten Island native, so uh, go figure there. A little uh, heavy metal history for you. Uh, as we are here on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Now, my next guest, podcaster, host of a show called Selling Craft Beer, gives you all the info you need to know about beer in six minutes or less. He calls it appropriately enough, The Sixer. He's on iTunes, Google, uh, well, no longer Google Play, whatever it is. Stitcher, you can check him out on uh, Instagram at sellcraftbeer or facebook.com slash sellingcraftbeer. Let me welcome back to the program, who actually he took his first flight this week. For the first time since the pandemic has started, um, let me welcome back to the program Sean McNulty. Sean, how are you? I'm doing good, Al. Yeah, fresh off a of flight, and uh, also a great music video for that as well, Al, from uh, Twisted Sister back in the day. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So before we get into into the beer news, Sean, as you mentioned to me before we started the interview, uh, you had just taken your first flight this week. You had to head over to Chicago uh, to to help a buddy out. How was the flight? What was the atmosphere like at the airport? Was there social distancing? Were people wearing masks on the plane? How was it? Yeah, 100% masks, everybody, you know, no issues. Uh, you know, I flew out of LaGuardia, which, you know, has been under construction for four years, so it's always been a little off anyway. Right. Uh, you know, all the restaurants, you know, half the restaurants are closed, some are open, so it's a little weird to see places that used to be packed when you walked in there, mm. completely like a, you know, like like a ghost town. Right. Um, but safety-wise, everything was fine. They give you wipes when you walk on a plane. If you want to wipe down your seat, that's fine. Plane was, you know, full capacity. It was a shuttle, you know, to Chicago. It's not a huge plane, but... Uh, yeah, everything was fine. You know, it's all really about your, you know, your mental state. Hopefully, you know, everybody's getting vaccinated and, you know, but everybody's traveling smart, traveling safe, no issues. And, uh, it was, it was you know, it felt good to be back on a plane. I, I, people ask me when the last time I, I traveled. I don't even, I don't even remember the last time I was on a plane, but, you know, right. it just felt good to be back out there. Well, as we mentioned, we're seeing a lot of the country really start to open up. Of course, New York and New Jersey are among the last to really get going. How do you think, uh, it's going to affect the sales numbers for restaurants and bars? Just in New York City in general, New York City, a, a much different place. I mean, you could compare Los Angeles and other places, but New York City is really a densely populated area and one of the last to really open up to almost full capacity right now. How do you think the sales numbers for restaurants and bars are going to be affected in New York City? Yeah, this is a big week coming up. You know, the 19th is the full, one, you know, quote-unquote, 100% reopening. Uh, you know, the big problem New York City faces specifically is that people aren't back to work here. And, you know, right. so... For breweries and stuff, I think, you know, that's going to be a boom. I think, you know, that kind of business will come back. And, you know, uh, beautiful weather's coming out. People will, that'll come back. Midtown, which, you know, you work, I think you're downtown right out in you know, New York City there. Midtown, you know, it's still a ghost town there. And, you know, people are not coming back to Midtown. I don't think that's really going to happen. Probably not until September's. You know, there's some financial firms coming back in June now. But, mm. you know, that's the big problem is, you know, that big, you know, rest, more the restaurants than the bars per se, but, you know, the expense accounts, the business dinners, all that stuff is not coming back, you know, probably for a few more months. So, yeah, as you're right now, New York is very specific that other cities may be coming back, you know, to fuller business. Uh, New York City, Manhattan itself may, you know, still be a few months away, even with, even if they can be fully open. Just no one's coming into the city, you know, commuting in. And, you know, there's no tourists quite yet coming in. Broadway's reopening in September again. So that'll come back. But 
it's not going to be the, you know, this summer of like, oh, we're back to 100% in, in midtown Manhattan. Yeah, and the other part of the problem in New York and New Jersey and elsewhere across the nation is the restaurant owners and bars can't get people to work. A lot of people yeah. are just happy sitting at home on unemployment, or maybe they feel like that the money that they were making at a restaurant or a bar uh, isn't exactly the money that they want to make anymore. And so that's obviously a big problem for them as well, not just here locally uh, in the tri-state area, yeah. but across the nation. But we've been told all along that breweries are doing well, okay, but the reports are, are, are really not as rosy as people think they are. There was a number that struck out to you uh, as a 9% volume deficit. Why does that bother you? Well, the, it's more the that's in the Brewers Association, the you know crappiest trade group. Uh, you know, because nine percent of volume was lost in, in twenty in uh, twenty twenty during the pandemic. Uh, usually, the you know the growth probably would have been somewhere around three percent. You know, is what kind of where crappier was was settling out at if, if we hadn't had the pandemic. You know, but they're basically estimating you know it's going to take until twenty twenty three to really recoup to get back to twenty nineteen essentially. So. You know, and again, it's, it's very particular. Everybody's business is different. You know, that's a broad overall number, and it fluctuates a bit. But, right. you know, the beer business may come back in full, and the bar business may come back, you know, hopefully will by the, you know, by the fall this year. You know, craft beer as an industry, independent craft beer as an industry, will be taking a longer time to, re- just from a pure volume point of view, to come back to what it, what it was. You know, if the growth isn't in craft beer anymore, the growth is in seltzers and ready to drink beer, you know, ready to drink uh, cocktails and things like that. Right. So, you know, people will come back to it, and a lot of it's more on-premise and in tap rooms, things like that. But getting that volume back is going to take a longer time for craft than overall uh, beer category, and certainly compared to spirits and wine, which have done very well in the pandemic. Right. Talking with Sean McNulty, he's a podcaster and host of a show called Selling Craft Beer. Gives you all the info you need to know about the business of beer in six minutes or less. Calls it appropriately enough to Sixer. He's on iTunes and Stitcher. You can check him out on Instagram at Sell Craft Beer or Facebook.com slash Selling Craft Beer. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. So the, the brewery closures is another thing. We've seen some of them, but honestly, I thought the number was going to be much bigger because just, you know, whether a brewery couldn't shift to canning their beers uh, or, you know, their restrictions were too uh, too much for them to uh, to, to reopen. But we're, we're really not out of the woods yet, right? Yeah, it's a mixed number. Uh, the number, again, from the Brewers Association, you know, we have 80, over 8,700 breweries still. The closure rate was about 350 last year, which really isn't that much higher than would have been expected in normal turnover. And 700 breweries uh, still open last year. I mean, granted, those things are planned, you know, pretty long term in advance. So, right. you know, you have a bank, you have a bank loan, you're open and no matter what, uh, sure. no choice. But um, yeah, the, the closure, you know, this time one year ago, Al, or a little bit, maybe uh, 13 months, you know, the, the first industry poll was put out, you know, to breweries saying, how you, what do you think about your business? And, you know, the number was 40% weren't sure they would make it three months. So, that, you know, there was certainly that dire feeling last year that never really materialized. But, you know, that which is great. You know, it's a very positive number. It's great. People are keeping their businesses alive. But that's also due to a lot of federal protections that have been in place, you know, to, you know, around rent or around bank loans and things like that, that will expire at some point. So, you know, it's a great number to, to to be happy about, but I wouldn't say like, oh, craft beer survived, but there's still a long way to go here. Hmm. Not to mention the mental fatigue a lot of people have had during this year that, you know, who knows how many people will want to keep doing this, you know, if, the, if this kind of business persists. 
Right. Uh, now, hard seltzer, hard seltzer, hard seltzer. It seems every brewery is making one. I know I've spoken to uh, a couple of breweries that have never done a seltzer before and are about to put one on their tap lines because they know that it, it, it sells. They get that, that female component coming into their brewery. Why is this drink so popular? Is it a carb-conscious youth? Is it older adults trying to make better choices? What, what is it? <laughs> I, you know, I personally, I, you know, it's beyond me. I've, I've maybe tasted one or two, so I'm not a problem to why people love it. But, you know, it's essentially, you know, it's embraced by a generation that, you know, a, a younger drinker for the most part, although it does cross a lot of demographics. It's like light beer, but it's without the beer taste. It's a fruit, you know, it's a, if you want to put it that category, it's 100 calories. It's light, easy to drink. Most, you know, as much as you and I love a, exploring craft beers and flavors, and there's a time and place for that. A lot of people, if they're at a party or they're out or just having a drink, they just want something light, refreshing, and, you know, sweeter that tastes good. You know, they don't want – that doesn't – that's not a beer, you know. So right. a lot of it's just coming from that, which, which you know, it's, it's just taste, you know. McDonald's is the most popular restaurant in the country. There's, you know, right. not everybody wants to sit down with, a, you know, a hearty IPA and that, and that kind of thing. So it's, you know, it's interesting. Again, I'm kind of – it's interesting because I'm kind of on the fence with hard seltzers. Like there are some that people have made that I actually I actually enjoy and I would actually drink it on a regular basis. And then there are others I'm kind of like, you know what? It just tastes too artificial for me. I'd rather just drink water. Now, one brewery uh, who has said they are not going to be making a hard seltzer ever, Miller, came out earlier this week. They said they'll never make a hard seltzer. In fact, they went so far as to launch a 21-foot rocket with some of the top seltzers. They shot it off into space this past Thursday. What say you? Stunt? Mistake? What, what do you think? Yeah, yeah I, I mean, I, it was shot really well was the nicest thing I could, you know, I could say. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was regarding their Miller Genuine Draft was kind of, you know, saying that they would never do it. Right. You know, it's from, you know, Miller makes busy is their product. You know, it's, it's, it's again, that kind of it, talking out of both sides of your mouth here. We know back when AB InBev made their commercials, you know, making fun of, you know, craft beer while mm-hmm. they, they just bought three craft breweries. Right. You know, it's fine. You know, no one knows the difference in the public. Again, but why are you making fun of a category that's obviously it's kicking your, kicking your butt right now? So, like you know, I, I don't. It's a weird tactic to kind of denigrate, but not really hard seltzer, which people obviously like very much and is, is doing very well. I don't know that there's space for both of you. It, it, it just I didn't think it was particularly entertaining or that funny per se, personally. But you know, so I, it seemed like a, what I didn't see what the goal was here. Uh, you know, other than getting a lot of people talking about, which is, I guess, the point about genuine draft, but it, it kind of was, it fell flat for me, for me personally. But you know, just my take on it. Yeah, I, it's it's a little odd for me. It's a little odd for me. Again, you're you're cutting off your nose despite your face, and and really uh, exactly. not embracing a segment that could make you. Uh, a little bit more profit. And isn't that, at the end of the day, what you want your shareholders to see is profit. My guest has been Sean McNulty. He's the podcaster and host of a show called Selling Craft Beer. He gives you all the info you need to know about beer, the business of beer, that is, in six minutes or less. He calls it the Sixer. He's on iTunes. He's on Stitcher. Check him out on Instagram at sellcraftbeer or facebook.com slash sellingcraftbeer. Sean, thanks so much for joining me tonight. Very much appreciate it. It is good to talk to you. I hope we can have a toast soon. Absolutely. We have to do that very, very soon, my friend. Uh, When we come back after a short break, it's time for Suds and Duds on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer.
Final segment of the Al Gattulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. A little I Want to Rock by Twisted Sister from the Stay Hungry album, which uh, 37 years ago this past week, this album was released, and it was that album cover of uh, D. Snyder with all the makeup on and the costume, and then he's got that bone with fake blood dripping all over it that it looks like he had you know, just, just eaten you know, an animal or something. Good stuff. Boy, I miss that music. I really do. Excuse me for uh, adjusting my microphone there. Such great music. And I, and I know that there are some bands that are still putting out heavy metal stuff. Uh, apparently, K.K. Downing uh, is coming out with his own version of Priest um, with, uh, you know, Tim the Ripper Owens uh, and lead vocals. And apparently, according to people, it sounds exactly like Judas Priest. Um, Priest is coming out, I believe, coming out with another album, and they're supposed to be touring. I think they were supposed to have some American dates, so we'll see what happens there. This year, not so much, you know. Next year, I know they're doing a lot of stuff in Europe that was postponed because of the pandemic, but we shall see. But I do I do miss that music. I do. And that's why I love listening to it all the time. For me, it's timeless, uh, you know, but that's just my opinion. Anyway, let's dive into Suds and Duds, which, of course, portions of the Alcantulo Craft Beer Cast, brought to you by Source Brewing, the, uh, get your beer directly from the source. Route 34 in Coltsneck, New Jersey. You definitely want to check out this farmhouse. The weather is getting nicer. You absolutely uh, should head to Source Brewing uh, on the weekend. Make a reservation. Sit out on the deck upstairs. Maybe uh, get get a, a couple of chairs outside uh, on the farm and drink some delicious, delicious beer. Which, Speaking of which, I was at Source to pick up some cans uh, a week ago that I had ordered, and um, got myself a big tall glass of the Farmhouse Abbey. I got to crack my bottle open of this. Now, I had it on draft there. Man, this is loaded with flavor. It's easy to drink. It's delicious. It's just got all that kind of, you know, Abbey element that you want in a beer. It is just, it's beautiful. It looks great. It's got that sort of that caramelly sheen to it, you know, that kind of, you know, it looks like you just, you know, cracked open a, a Snickers, not a Snickers bar, like a Twix, you know, that caramel, or a Milky Way, yeah, Milky Way, that's, you know, and that caramel inside, that's what that beer looks like, and it is fantastic. The guys from Source are just killing it with their beers, they do such a great job, and uh, always love going there, it's always a nice experience, and by the way, they're open on Mondays now, until the summer hits, they're open on Mondays in the afternoon, I think it's like 4 to 8 or 4 to 9 or something like that. Check it out. I mean, believe me, if you want to get in there and try their beers when it's not super crowded, that's the day to go. Uh, you know, head there for an hour or two, have a couple of beers. It's definitely worth the trip. Uh, Tim and Tim and Al over at uh, Wet Ticket Brewing, they finally, finally bottled their Imperial Oatmeal Stout aged in bourbon barrels with coconut. This is a fantastic beer. And I went and picked up my bottles. I bought two. Uh, but I ended up having to have a pour while I was there because it's such a it's such a delicious beer. Um, everything about this beer makes me happy. Uh, the 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 bourbon in it is perfectly placed. It's not too uh, it's it's not overtly in your face. You can taste it. It's there, but it, you know it kind of backs off a little bit. Um, it, it's been aged for over two years uh, in the barrel, and then you get this kiss of coconut that is just perfectly applied. It's just, it's so well done. It's such a great beer. Uh, I know they still have some bottles available. If you buy, if you're in Wet Ticket uh, or if you, you buy Rawway and uh, you happen to stop by there, get a bottle. It's the white labeled one. They have it right behind the, uh, right behind the bar. Absolutely get it. It is worth it. I guarantee you, you will enjoy it. And if they have it on tap, do yourself a favor. 
Drink it. It's good. Uh, another one from Source. Hawaii Five O. This is great. Tart, tropical, little hint of vanilla. Delicious. I think that this was a variant of the um, uh, the secret parking lot beer. I think they just kind of uh, took the recipe and kind of tweaked it their own way. It's it's definitely they taste completely different. Okay, um, I think they took the concept of that and kind of put a little Hawaiian twist on it and did it their own way. It's a fantastic beer in slim cans. It's delicious. Um, I love it. If you can, if you find it on tap anywhere, definitely uh, you know. Definitely get yourself a glass or two. It is absolutely worth it. The folks from Odell Brewing uh, sent me Kindling, which is uh, their beer that they were giving back. Um, I forgot the campaign. I don't have the information in front of me. But uh, it is, um, it's a golden ale, very light, very little head on the beer when I poured it. Uh, but I get a little bit of an apple flavor to it. Uh, not a bad beer. I like it. It was uh, light, refreshing. Um Interesting, interesting beer. I wasn't expecting the apple flavor in that, and I don't know if that was intentional or if that is uh, a mistake uh, in the beer. I'm guessing, my guess is is that it was intentional. Uh, The folks from Indeed Brewing had sent me a couple of beers. One of them I happened to crack open, the Mexican Honey Light. Um, Think of an elevated blue moon with this one. It's nice, it's soft with a slight sweetness from the honey, uh, getting a hint of orange in it as well. Um, And that orange... And the lager portion of it, that's kind of what got me as like an elevated blue moon um, as opposed to, let's say, a Corona, right? Uh, Because of the honey and the sweetness there. Um, Corona is not sweet by any stretch of the imagination. You have the lime in there to kind of cut it. This is going in a different direction. That's why I was thinking more of an elevated blue moon. It's a delicious beer. uh, Nevertheless, if you find it in Minnesota, I certainly encourage you to pick it up. They do a great job. Uh, with their beers there from Indeed. Things We Don't Say by Source. Now, this is a collaboration about uh, mental health. A number of breweries are doing it. I think 902 has released their version. A number of breweries around New Jersey are doing it. Um, it's, a, it's a great IPA for a great cro- a cause. Tropical, grassy, uh, lemony, a delicious beer. But again, it's one of those things about, you know, to raise awareness about mental health. It's okay not to be okay. And, you know, listen, if you're not okay... It's okay to go and talk to people about it. It's okay to, you know, whether it's a friend, a medical professional or whatever, um, you definitely want to talk to somebody about it. And it is, uh, it's, it's a really good beer. And so if you can get a variant of it uh, or a variation of it from another brewery out there, definitely try it. I think it's, it's one of those kind of same formula, but, but their own, they kind of tweak it. Each brewery tweaks it uh, to their own version uh, of what they're looking for. So, again, another great job by the guys at Source. Uh, Utter, Paper Bulls, uh, Call It Quits uh, by Bolero Snort. Lots of pineapple off the nose. Had this at Paragon Tap and Table. Lightly sour, digging it a lot. Uh, then uh, my wife and I took a ride down to uh, to Source just for the heck of it last Saturday night because we had nothing to do and it was a nice night. Figured we'd take a drive. Um, and I have cans of this, but I ended up uh, having it on tap because I really wanted it. The uh, Arbor Reel by Source. Grassy, hoppy, nice. This is a great Cezanne. Uh, again, perfect for the weather right now. Springtime, 70s. This is exactly the type of weather that you want to have that beer. Uh, the folks from Trogue sent me Lolly Hop, which is a dry hop double IPA by them. Um, getting, uh, getting a lot of pear out of this. That good hop, delicious. Uh, this is just an excellent beer. Trogue's again and again, consistently. For one of the bigger brewers out there, Trogues does, Trogues does a fantastic job nailing the flavors. Um, I highly encourage people, if you're looking for something and you want to, you, you know, you're looking for something uh, and maybe it's, 
maybe you're not local. Maybe you can't get a New Jersey beer, uh, or you're in New York and you can't get any, you know, or whatever. Trogues, without a doubt. Get get yourself Trogues. You won't be disappointed. There's very few. I, I think there might have been one or two beers from them that I didn't really like. I like almost everything that Trogues puts out. They really do a great job. Um, finally got a chance to crack a can of Meadows Green by the Sea, the Living Beer Project. They're down in Atlantic City. Uh, it's just a banging IPA, piney, dry hop, dank. It just, it's, it's just a visually, it's a, it's a great beer. These guys do a great job down at the seed. Uh, looking forward to tasting more of their stuff. I'm going to be in Atlantic city in a couple of weeks, uh, and definitely want to make a stop there before I head back home. Um, you know, the, for the weekend of uh, the Atlantic city beer music fest, which coming up first week of June, you definitely want to get your tickets. Bader field. It's going to be fantastic. Cannot wait to have a great time with a lot of good people. Uh, Blueberry Crunchy. This is um, a collaboration between Other Half and Weldworks. I wish they had sent me another can or two of this. Oh my God. Like drinking breakfast. Maple cinnamon, big hit, along with blueberry off the nose. You can taste the granola as it's going down. Coconut too. It is a banging beer. The color is spot on with the blueberry hue. The color is intense. It's one of those beers I just wanted to kind of look at and not drink, but you got to drink it. It's a fantastic beer. Great job, and thanks to the folks from Weldworks uh, for sending me that one. And then finally, file this by Untied. Matt Green had given me a can of this. Uh, this is a nicely done New England-style IPA. Juicy, hoppy, uh, just well done. Uh, and the guys from um, uh, Untied are really knocking it out of the park. And then finally, before we get out of here, I mentioned it with um, uh, uh, with Sean uh, with Sean McNulty uh, from Selling Craft Beer. Miller Genuine Draft launched a bunch of hard seltzers into space on a rocket saying they would never make hard seltzer. Got to be one of the dumbest marketing moves I've ever heard in my life. That's just my two cents. Anyway, we're out of time. I thanks to everyone involved in the show as well as my guest Sean McNulty from Selling Craft Beer and, of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. Back on the Joe Piscopo Show tomorrow at 6 a.m., this has been the Al Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, cheers, everybody. <laughs>